creating an online course. By now, you've definitely heard about it being a lucrative way to supplement your income, but how do you even get started creating an online course and how do you know if it's even for you? Today, we're going to cover why you can be an educator, how to create your first course, how to choose the right topic, and all the nitty gritty in between. I created my first course in April of 2017, Beginner Photography Mastery. And since then, I've created Product Photography Mastery. At the time of this recording, I've taught over 4,500 paid students through my courses, and that number grows every day. In fact, I expect it will be close to 10,000 students by the summer of 2021, and I can't even begin to tell you how exciting and rewarding it is to know that I have reached this many people with my photography teachings. Before I go any further, I want to say that I can practically hear your objections and inner mean girl through my podcast booth saying, Kelly, I am not an expert in anything. What could I possibly even teach? Heck, I'm already an imposter and the thought of charging money to teach something is such a farce. Oh, inner mean girl, how she tries so hard to protect your ego. But here's the thing. She also gets it all wrong because she holds you back from your full potential. And by the way, I thought all of these things too, and I sometimes still do. Who am I to teach photography to the masses? I mean, I learned most of what I know from Google University. But if I listened to that negative little voice, over 4,000 people wouldn't be nailing their photography right now, and things like this podcast wouldn't exist either. And I think that would be so sad for us. Am I right? So I want to say that you already have the knowledge know-how, and expertise in something, and there are people out there who would happily pay you to teach them what you already know. What you take for granted as day-to-day stuff that you do so easily may not come as easily to everyone else. So before you start thinking that you have nothing you can teach, I want to challenge you to dig a little deeper into that mindset. Start thinking about the things that people ask you to show them, things that people turn to you for. Maybe it's how you get your kids to sleep so effortlessly every night. If that's true, call me. (laughs) Maybe it's your epic candied apple recipe. Maybe it's how to set up a WordPress blog. I've seen online courses on things as simple as learning how to can vegetables. I've recently enrolled in a course myself where I learned how to make animated gifts for my business. The possibilities are endless and there are literally limitless ideas that would make for a successful online course ranging from super simple basics to more in-depth topics. Today's guest, Emily Walker, works with her clients every single day to navigate the mindset blocks and processes of creating and launching online courses. And today, she is going to uncover everything you need to know to get started, from what to include in your course lessons and how to strategically put your course out into the world. Emily is a wealth of knowledge and she has helped so many lucky students make an online course a success in their businesses. And I just know that after listening to today's episode, you will be full of ideas and raring to get started with your very own online course. 
So if putting your own online course out into the world is something that you've been dreaming of or pondering, well, today's episode is especially for you, my friend. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Emily. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to chat with you today. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited for today. Amazing. So why don't we start with having you introduce yourself to our audience and let them know how you came to be a person who helps others scale their businesses? For sure. So I am a course creation expert, a learning experience designer, transformation architect. I've gone by a lot of different names, but the core of what I do is helping people take the brilliance that's inside their head and transform it into a scalable offer. So this comes in all shapes and sizes, whether it's a course, a group program, a mastermind, the kind of core of what I do is really helping you scale your income and scale your impact so that you aren't limited to the amount of people you see in a day. You are able to just have this exponential influence on your audience so that you can really get them these powerful transformations. Amazing. So I have a feeling that listeners probably heard what you just said and are thinking to themselves, okay, wait a second, what what does it mean to scale your business exactly? For sure. So often I find people get confused between growing your business and scaling your business. And for me, the difference that I see is that growing your business is doing more of what you're already doing. So often for service providers, this looks like getting more clients, getting booked out, really making sure that you are kind of If you know you have a set amount of containers in a week, they're all nice and full. There's a steady flow of people through them. Scaling your business is looking at how can you increase your reach, increase your impact and your income without putting too much more demand on your time. Usually in our business, there's just one of us. And so for scaling your business, this could look like going into an agency model and just duplicating yourself. But my favorite way of helping people scale is through these powerful and profitable online programs that are designed in a way that really works for you. But by using these as a way to scale your business, not only can you add in more revenue, get a little bit more money or a lot more money without stressing yourself out and like pouring so much onto your plate, but also you're able to get your message, your mission, your movement out there on a huge level. Amazing. So I'm thinking that folks listening are probably thinking like, okay, but I have a brick and mortar shop or I'm a maker or I have an e-commerce website. Like what could I possibly teach or what could I possibly offer to the world in this way? So for those people who are listening and thinking like, I have no idea even where to start, what would you say to them? So the starting point for anyone who's like, okay, I want to scale my business is to get really, really clear on the full transformation that you provide to your people. So it's not just the product that you sell. It's not just the service you provide. It's the transformation that you have on their lives. And so this is your opportunity to get really, really creative. So for instance, I'm thinking, let's say you run a zero waste store and your whole brick and mortar store, it has bulk things, it has different products that you sell, all that. And you're thinking, okay, well, like I can't have a course, like that has nothing to do with my business model. But I would say the full transformation that you're providing as part of that brick and mortar zero waste store would be that you are helping people become more eco-friendly, you're helping people have a better impact on the planet, and you clearly are a very mission-driven business. 
So thinking about what sort of programs you could add online, you could have a self-study course about ways that you can really shift and integrate that zero waste lifestyle. Often it's best to start kind of smaller with these self-study programs. You don't have to have this huge signature course that takes like years and years and years to put together. You can have something nice and simple that's helping share your mission. So like I said, whether it is, you know, helping people to integrate that zero waste lifestyle, helping people become um, missionaries for the lifestyle and talking to other people about it. Or it's even showing people how to do what you're doing, set up a store, create these products, whatever it may be. It's your opportunity to get really creative. Amazing. And so how do you recommend people start with that? I heard you say something about having like an in-person workshop or do you recommend that people just kind of go online and say, I'm going to teach this thing or how should they start? So, I mean, in a non-COVID era, doing something in person would be incredible because I think it always starts with knowing your people really, really well and knowing not only just like what do they need or what their pain points are, but who are they? How do they show up in the world? What are the things they love? What are the things they don't love? What are their fears? There's so many ways that you can really understand your people and that's going to influence how you design a workshop. Even knowing that we often attract similar personality types, like the same type of people over and over again. So for instance, you know that your people are really meticulous. They're really data-driven. They love a well-organized spreadsheet. You probably don't want to organize a workshop where it is very much (laughs) all over the place. Like, let's just go with the flow and see what happens because that's not going to work for your people. So the more that you can connect with your people, whether you are a service provider and it's really understanding your clients, whether you have this brick and mortar, it's knowing your clients, it's having these workshops, it's sending out email surveys, the more information and really deep knowing you have about your people, the more holistic and informed your scalable programs can be. Amazing. And so how do you recommend people put together these programs? So let's say I've discovered who it is that I'm going to speak to and what it is that I'm going to teach them. And now I'm like, but I'm not a teacher. I've never designed a course curriculum before. So there's kind of two key secrets here. And I people are always like, you make it sound so easy. And I'm like, but it can be. It doesn't have to be this big, mysterious, like demystified process here. What we want to do is first get crystal clear on the outcome of the course. So what will your people be able to do and how will that transform their lives? So really, really clear. There's no danger in being too specific here. The better we can paint the picture of the outcome of the course, the easier your life is going to be. And so once you're really crystal clear on that, the next step is to ask yourself, what do my people need to do to reach this outcome? What actions do they need to take? So not what do they need to learn? What do they need to understand? You want to focus on what do they need to do? And so you write down all of these action steps and that is going to define your course because essentially now all you have to do is explain how to do the things they need to do to get that result. And that's why it's so important to start with action first, not content first, because with content, we're experts in what we talk about. So everything seems important to us. So we're going to want to put loads and loads and loads of content into whatever we're creating. But when you start with action, it gives you this point of discernment. So you go, okay, I only need to teach them what they need to know in order to take the actions I've set out for them. Amazing. And I remember learning once that a lot of this can come from the outside in. So like you said, we're experts in our own domain in many ways, whether or not listeners are willing to admit it, you're an expert in your domain. So for us, like, you know, we've got lots of jargon and lingo and the way that we refer to things. And I remember learning, if you look at it from the outside, so for example, 
finding someone who your course would be designed for and just hearing their questions. Like, what are your questions about learning this thing? And then taking that into account as well and and using that as, I guess, a way to help design your curriculum just based on what it is that they're wondering, answering their questions, I guess, more or less in each lesson. I'm just wondering now, so let's say we have decided on the topic We've decided on who we're going to target with our course topic. We've decided on the curriculum. Now I can already hear it coming through my podcast microphone, listeners thinking, okay, but how do I get it to people? How do I make them aware of it? How do I get this out into the world? Like, do I just design the course and hit the ground running? Or what do you recommend people do to sort of build up, I guess, some anticipation for the launch of the course? Mm Mm-hmm. So whenever you're launching a course, it is definitely not a build it and they will come kind of thing. As we know, it very rarely is in most parts of life. And so what the best thing to do is, like I said in the beginning, when you're connecting with your people, the more you can build that audience ahead of time, the more you can have that audience that knows you, they trust you, they're ready to just gobble up whatever you share with them, the easier that course launch experience is going to be. Because you don't want to build this course in a vacuum and then just send it out there into the world and be like, wow, I hope someone buys this. Ideally, what you should be doing while you're connecting with your people, while you're building this course in the background, is you want to be sharing lots of valuable information with them in however you like to connect with your people. So this can be in the form of a super awesome podcast. This could be in the form of a blog. This could be in the form of lives on your Facebook page. However it is that you like to connect with your people and wherever your people tend to hang out, that's where you should be. And what I like to recommend in the beginning when you're getting ready to launch this course is really tune into, like you said, where they are on the outside. So what do they think the problem is? What do they think the solution is? Because very often there's a big gap between what you know the solution is for their life and what they think the solution is. So the more you can have this content that helps show them like, hey, this is what's going on in your life. And here's some easy things you can do to shift this, to make this not as much of a problem. So by the time you announce the course, they're like, wow, where have you been all my life? I'm so ready for this. Just take my money. Mm -hmm. So you're sort of warming them up to needing or wanting just a little bit more. But while you're warming them up, you're sort of giving them little tips and tidbits along the way. Is that what you mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, hey, popping in here for a quick sec. Do you ever think about starting your own podcast, but you worry that the sound quality might hold you back? Well, don't let that be the culprit. I want to let you in on a little secret, so lean in. East Coast Studio. East Coast Studio is the reason that this podcast sounds so amazing, and they will take care of all your sound editing needs so that you can focus on the fun stuff. The experts at East Coast Studio will ensure your podcast is the highest possible quality to reflect well on you and your brand and to deliver the best possible listening experience to your audience. East Coast Studio is a proudly Atlantic Canadian business and today they're offering 25% off of your first audio editing service. Just email info at eastcoaststudio.ca and tell them Kelly sent you. It doesn't get much more Atlantic Canadian than that. That's info at eastcoaststudio.ca and tell them Kelly sent you for 25% off of your first sound editing service today. I know that this can be true of some folks. So maybe there's some listeners that are listening and they've already done a launch and they've already created a program and they put it into the world and they were met with crickets. Nobody bought it or 
maybe they thought it was going to be this fabulous thing that they would reach the masses with and only five people bought it. So what do you recommend or, or what do you have to say to people that find themselves in that situation? Yeah, so this is definitely, I mean, this happens to everyone. I don't think anyone really starts out and has these huge launches that we're so used to hearing about. And so the thing that I like to address is that there is a lot of noise and there's a lot of a dominant narrative out there in the course creation space specifically that makes it sound like it's so easy, like whip together this course in the weekend and like fire it out there into the world and you're going to be making like hundreds of thousands of dollars right away. And the reality is, is at the bottom line, having a successful course launch is a numbers game. It's how many people do you have in your audience? What is your conversion rate from that audience to make your sales? So very often we have these super inflated, unrealistic expectations because that's all we're hearing about. We're seeing these coaches that are having these huge 50, 100, 250K launches. And we're over here with our like tiny itty bitty audience, which is great because we all start somewhere. No one just comes right out of the gate with 10,000 people on their email list. And so first of all, I'd say is determining what success looks like to you that isn't attached to a number. And so when I say this, it's because very often we're like, okay, my successful launch will be if I sell 20. My successful launch will be if I make $5,000. But at the end of the day, we can do everything in our power and sometimes people will buy and sometimes people won't. And so what I find is really, really impactful is to think about what does success look like for you that is only within the actions you take. So a successful launch to me looks like I have shown up every day on stories. I have written emails that are incredibly authentic and genuine to my people. I have created an offer that I know is really woven in with what my people need. We want to define it within our actions because then we realize that we are in control of that success. And knowing that regardless of the outcome of the launch, you can always launch it again. It's just all more information. If it doesn't do what you think it's going to do, then there's opportunity to look. Maybe it's your copy. Maybe it's the launch strategy. Maybe something's out of alignment. There's always room for improvement because it's all just more information. Absolutely. And so do you have any secrets up your sleeve for making even an initial launch a success? Really, the secret to a successful launch is a successful pre-launch. And so when I say pre-launch, what I mean is the 60 to 90 day content ramp up that you have before you actually say, hey, I have this course open and available, you should buy it. And so what we do in the pre-launch is we want to think about the starting point of our course. So if we've talked a lot about the end point, but if we work backwards, our people are starting somewhere. And so our course is a path that's built step by step, like imagining putting a little like brick road from their feet through from where they are to where we want to take them. So your pre-launch campaign is working backwards even further from where they are when they start your course to where they are right now. Because there's often a bit of a gap where they have all those yeah, buts. Yeah, but I can't afford it. Yeah, but it's not going to work for me. And so your pre-launch campaign is a way to address those mindset blocks, those financial blocks, anything that is going to stop them from being ready to buy your course. And similarly, it's an opportunity to give them whatever they need to be ready for launching their course. So for instance, for me, if I was launching a course on how to build your course, I would know that before my people are ready for that, they need to understand who their target audience is. They need to have a really clear idea of their topic. And they need to really understand what it is the impact that they want to make with their course. 
So my pre-launch campaign would be all about helping them figure out that topic, help them address all the mindset blocks that are stopping them from creating the course so that we've kind of addressed some of those issues. So by the time I actually get into launch mode, which is usually when we have some sort of launch event, like sometimes people have webinars, sometimes people have challenges, some people do something totally different. It can look really unique depending on the person. But by the time we get to that launch event, our people are so used to seeing us as the solution to their issues, as the person who has the answers, that again, it doesn't feel like this big shove of like, all of a sudden I have this course, you better buy it. It's like, by the way, I'm so dedicated to helping you that I have created this amazing experience and it's exactly what you need. Amazing. I mean, I totally am with you there. Like I think sometimes courses come across my bow or come across my social feed and I just think, I don't need that. And then after I've seen it a couple of times and I've seen the content a couple of times, I think, hang on, maybe I do need that. And I think that like to your point, when you're reaching out to people with what you have to offer, they're going to be anywhere on the spectrum from not even aware that they have a problem, the type of problem that you can solve, all the way down to knowing for sure that whatever it is that you teach could solve a problem that they have. And those are the ones that are just really ready. But it's like meeting them where they're at, like you said, like that invisible bridge, as Amy Porterfield likes to put it. So I'm wondering now if you can talk a little bit about the production value of what goes into an online course. So should it be like Netflix or is it okay to just be PowerPoint slides? You know, should the videos be short or long? What do you recommend there? Yeah, so you actually touched on two different aspects here. And so we'll kind of take them one at a time. So one is how you design your materials in the sense of the length and what goes into them. And then there's the actual mechanics of how they're designed in terms of how they're recorded, what they look like, the kind of, like you said, the production value. So when it comes to the design of your course, you always want to be thinking about how do I make my people's lives easier? How do I make this as simple and straightforward and I like to say delicious as possible? So this means short videos because we want it to be snackable. We want it to be something that they can sit down, they can listen because the average adult, really their brain is full after about 15 minutes. That's when we need them to take action. That's when we need them to actually take what they've learned and put it and start implementing it. Otherwise the brain's like, you know, I've kind of, I've got my direct instruction is what it's called where we're teaching them. And they're like, I okay, my brain's full. So when your videos are too long, not only do we start competing for attention span, but we also just, it's not how people learn. So the more that we can make it smaller and easier, the better. Now, when it comes to production value, this really depends on how many times or what iteration of your course this is. In the beginning, I say, keep it really simple. Now, everyone has different standards for how they like things to look. I used to be a graphic designer. So like, I love things that look really, really, really pretty. But I also recognize that pretty isn't always the most important thing. The most important thing is that your course is out there for people to buy, for people to learn from, for you to create an impact on them. So if having something that looks pretty and awesome and amazing is going to stop you from getting it out there because you're stuck in that perfectionist cycle, it's time to slow down and be like, okay, done is better than perfect. There's always room for improvement because a course is a living creature and it's going to evolve and grow with your audience. So get it out there. There's always room to improve it later. And Chances are, if it's not important to your target audience for it to be pretty or have great production value, then maybe it'll never be needed. Mm -hmm, completely. 
So I'm wondering now if you know anything about best practices around pricing your course. So that's another thing where it's a little trickier. I know with retail or wholesale or brick and mortar businesses, it's a little easier to determine pricing because you take your wholesale price and you mark it up and you pay attention to your margins and all of that. But in this case, there's not really that guideline. So how do you recommend people go about pricing their online courses? So there's a couple different ways of approaching this. I mean, part of it is the the type of course that you are creating. So I feel like there's a couple different factors. There's the style of course. So how much live access to you is there? Because you as the expert, you bring a lot of value. And so if you have live calls, if you have group calls, I always find that that adds more into the price of the course, because also that is, again, your time is limited. So you want to make sure that that is reflected by the amount of time that course is now taking out of your calendar. Now for the self-study courses, they come in all shapes and sizes. But for the most part, I like to define them in three different types. There are these mini courses, these micro offers. These are the tiny offers of the pocket products that we see floating around. And those are usually anywhere from $27 to $47. And they're really small. They're usually a toolkit. There's not a lot of modules and lessons. It's more focused on here's something that I can help you do right away. Then we move up and we have, I call them mini courses. And these are the ones that we see usually under the $500 range. So these, again, tend to be a little bit more technical or strategic. They're not huge. They're not your big signature course, but you're still giving enough of an impact, enough of a transformation that that comes with a little bit heftier of a price tag. And then when we move up to the signature courses, this is usually your life's work in a program. There may or may not be live access to you, but usually there's a larger amount of modules and a deeper transformation. And those can range anywhere from 500 to 2000 to more in the pricing. Because the other factor in the pricing is obviously your brand. If you're a luxury, high vibe, high level premium coach that is launching this program, all of your price points of your offer suite are probably higher versus if your whole thing is like, I want to be accessible. So I'm going to put this out in like smaller bite-sized pieces, then probably your offer suite is going to be at a lower price. At the end of the day, it is very much a what works for you and your business. Yeah. So do you mind giving some examples of what might be like kind of that low ticket versus strategic versus signature course? Yeah. So a great example would be, for instance, let's just say someone is a social media coach. Their small micro offer might be something like, here's how to find the hashtags you need. Here's how to use hashtag finder, some pre-made done for you ones. So we would see this probably priced again in that 27 to $47 range. It's something really, really niche, really, really specific, but still has a very specific outcome and action attached to it. Now, as you move up into their mini course, it might be something focused primarily on one platform. It might be like, here's how to dominate Instagram. We're going to show you all the tips and tricks. We're going to talk about reels. We're going to talk about stories. We're going to show you everything. But it's really specifically focused on this one platform. And again, we'd see that probably in the 200 to $400, $500 range. Obviously, I'm making this course up, so I'm not sure exactly. And then if the person was to launch their signature offer, which is, I'm going to show you how to create a social media marketing campaign that works across platforms. You know, you can take the knowledge you've gained from my hashtag guide, from my Instagram mini course, but now we are going to apply that across all social media platforms so that you have a comprehensive holistic marketing strategy. That would be their signature course, which would mirror closely to what they do in their one-to-one with their clients. Got it. So now we've got our course, we've got our pricing, we know how we're going to lead up to the launch of our course. I guess the question 
that I have for you, because I'll just put it out like this. I created a course in 2017 for beginner photography and I set my camera up in my kitchen and I just basically decided what do you need to know to be able to use your camera confidently and know what all the buttons and dials are for and eliminate the overwhelm. So I put together the course, I put it online, I put it out there and at first I sold quite a lot and then it went away. And then the sales dropped down to nothing. And then it sat there for two years. And then every now and then I would put it on sale because that was the only sales strategy that I knew how to do at the time was to mark it down. And so at that time, I'd sell another handful of those courses. I've learned a lot in the meantime, I'll say that. But in these early stages, I really didn't know how to create a sense of urgency for something that was just always available or what sales strategy to use to get people interested in this course that was always available. So I'm wondering what recommendations you have for that, for people who might have launched their course for for the better or for the worse, successfully or not successfully, but now they're just kind of feeling stuck. Mm, Yeah. So that's definitely something that happens to a lot of people. Because again, like that kind of dominant narrative is this whole set it and forget it. You've built it once, now just leave it up and it's just going to like make you money and you don't have to do anything. And the reality is, is as much as we like to say like passive income, because it's not requiring you to deliver the course every single time, there is still a lot that needs to be done around often the content strategy. So whether it is your social media posts or blog posts, Pinterest, whatever it is, you need to be getting in front of the people who need this course. And so I would always say start by going, okay, where are my people hanging out? And how can I serve them best? What do they need to hear? What is it that they need to do? How can I make their lives easier so that they really get to know me? Because I take a very human-centered approach to sales where we don't need to shove them full of urgency and deadline countdown funnels and like all of these things. Because I mean, one, it's a pet peeve of mine when I see a funnel that I know, like a countdown timer, where I'm like, I know if I refresh this page, this countdown timer is going to reset. Like I don't need you to scare me into buying this course. So my personal philosophy is that humans buy from humans. So if you focus on showing up and being that person that you are genuinely dedicated to helping your audience, to making their lives easier, to showing them what's possible. And I'm not saying that you have to give away everything inside your course. So for instance, for you with your course, that's all about like, here's understanding your camera. I would love to see, you know, being like, here's what's possible when you know this, when you understand this, check out these photos, check out the transformation, check out, this is what it looked like when I used to shoot on auto. And now I actually understand what shooting manually means. Being able to show people like, here's one tiny little shift. Imagine if you could have 50 of these tiny little shifts, by the way, they're in the course. So the more that we show up and we're like, I just want to make your lives as easy as possible. And we really focus on getting in front of our audience, building that audience that knows they like us, they trust us. You know, you've always heard about that no like trust type of thing. I think that really starts to make the sales easier and giving yourself that permission. It can be a mindset block as well. Like I'm pretty woo. So I believe a lot in the energetics of sales that if we're thinking it's going to be hard and we're going to have to like desperately grab for people and we're going to have to really be like pushing our offer out there, then it probably is going to feel that way. But if we say, you know what, I'm going to focus on being so helpful to my audience. And I know that I have designed this course in a way there's no fluff, there's nothing extra. It is the thing that they go, wow, I have this problem and you have nailed the solution for me. Take my money. I'm ready. Let's do it. I need to tell you about my most downloaded free resource. If you're looking to elevate your business or brand photos using your smartphone or any other photo taking device, I don't want you to miss out on this. 
The results people are getting from this guide are crazy. Some say I should be charging actual money for it. But for now, I don't want to do that because I want everyone to get the beautiful photography results that they deserve. No more blurry, dark, dull, yellowish, shadowy, embarrassing photos for you, my friend. It's so much easier to get a beautiful photo than you probably think. Simply visit kellylawson.ca slash free guide to download your free photography guide and start taking better photos for your business today. That's kellylawson.ca slash free guide. I can't wait to see your photos sparkle. Can you tell me about any common mistakes that your students typically make when they're putting their courses out into the world? Yeah. So I think the biggest mistake I see is people fire hosing their audience with content. I think a lot of us tend to have the mindset block that the amount of content defines the value in our course, which is why so often I see people who say, okay, so I have this course, it has 12 modules, it has 18,000 videos, it has 500 pages of workbooks, what should I price it at? And for me, I'm like, well, if you can get the same result, whether you do it in 18 videos and 100 pages of workbooks, or you do it in five videos and no workbooks, at the end of the day, the impact on that person is going to be the same. They're going to get that amazing transformation. And chances are, if you have less content and more action focused and help them implement, they're going to get that transformation faster, which is far more valuable. So it comes back to what I was saying earlier, where it's really about the action, not the content. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen it myself that people believe that the more content they put into the course, the more valuable it is. But I think you've made a really good point. I think the opposite is really true. We're all super busy people. And if I think I have to sit through 18,000 videos to get the transformation that you have on offer, that's terrifying. I probably wouldn't buy the course because everybody's time is scarce and everybody's money is scarce nowadays. So I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about what you do and how you landed yourself here teaching people about creating courses. Do you have students? Do you have a course yourself? Yeah. So right now I work primarily one-to-one with my clients. So really guiding them through my signature framework, my signature process of let's take what's in your head and pull it into this transformation-driven learning experience. I am launching some signature programs soon. I resisted it for a long time because I always thought, I was like, okay, there's so many courses on creating courses out there. Like, And for the most part, they're not actually about creating courses. They're about marketing courses, which is two very different zones of genius. And thankfully, it was through a conversation with my coach where she was like, yeah, but no one's talking about it the way that you're talking about it. She's like, no one has your signature framework. Like, you need to get it out there. And I was like, oh, that's what I say to my clients all the time. <laughs> like, It's so funny that we don't take our own advice where I'm like, yeah, like, I think that's a huge block that stops people from releasing their signature program out there in the world is that they think, oh, it's been done before. So why would I bother? I resisted for a long time. And now I'm like, oh, no, it's time. It hasn't been done by me. So here come these signature courses. Yes. And I love that you said that. My next question was actually going to be around mindset. And I think you've touched on it nicely here. But do you have anything that you'd like to add to that for anyone who's listening and thinking like, who am I to teach this thing? You know, there's already so many people doing it so well. What do you have to say to those people? I mean, I always get a little bit blunt and I say, who are you not to be teaching it? You know, like, I think we're so quick to be like, oh, someone else has done it better. Or sometimes we think, oh, I don't have the degree. I don't have the title. I don't have the 
X years of experience. And the reality is, is like you have something inside you, that knowledge, that experience, that passion that is completely unique to you. Like to refer to it as kind of it's your unique magic. And by keeping it inside, it's not helping anyone. When you're able to share it with the world, even if you do it imperfectly, people like to learn from humans. And there are people who are waiting for you that are going to say like, where have you been all my life? I've tried learning from these other people and it didn't work. So what you can do is when you look at, okay, other people are already doing it. One, you can see that as a great validation that people need what it is that you do. Because if let's say you're a web designer and there's other courses on web design, you can go, okay, well, clearly there's a market for it. So now I just need to find my way of showing up in my unique awesomeness and show people that, hey, here's how I do it a little differently. Yeah, absolutely. Because everybody has something special that they bring to the table, whether they like it or not. It's just a matter of finding out what that is and tapping into it because there are people who want that kind of special in their lives and they want to learn from someone like you, not from the people who are already doing it. I love that. So I'm wondering now if you could talk a little bit, like we've talked a bit about launching. And so for listeners, like launching is when you build up the anticipation and you sort of open your course and then you close your course. How do you feel about that whole process? So about the close at the end of a launch? Well, just the launch in general, like you're opening enrollment and then you're closing enrollment on a digital course. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think this often depends on the strategy that you're taking because some people, like you said, their course is evergreen, which means it's available all the time. There isn't this big open and closed cart kind of experience. I think, again, there's lots of people talking about how to launch, how to live launch, how to do things the right way. And I always say the biggest thing is it comes back to doing it in a way that feels fun. So if the idea of doing a webinar doesn't feel fun, like don't do a webinar, do something different. You know, if you want to do a challenge, if you want to do a summit, you know, whatever it may be. This was a conversation I had with one of my clients because often through the process of designing the program, whatever it may be, we start talking about what the launch could look like. And she was saying, she's like, I'm just a bit burnt out. Like, I don't really want it to be a challenge. I don't want it to be a webinar. And we were kind of talking about, like, well, what do you think your people need? And she's like, honestly, they just need to hear some like horror stories of what could go wrong in kind of a fun way. And I was like, okay, well, let's build an event around that. Let's talk about like, let's share disaster stories and share tips on how to avoid the disasters. Like, let's just do it differently. And I think that's the big thing when it comes to a launch is really finding what feels fun because in a launch, you have to show up a lot. You want to be there every day, talking about it, sharing about it, being so excited about what you have to share with the world. So you need to make sure that the launch week is going to be fun for you. And you need to make sure that you're excited about your program. Otherwise, you're not going to want to show up and talk about it. Yeah. And so for people who are listening, whose audience might be people who are interested in their current business, or maybe it's just family and friends, what do you have to say to people who are thinking like, okay, but now if I show up talking about this course that I have for sale every day, people are going to be upset with me or confused, or, you know, maybe, maybe my social media isn't packed with the right audience right now. So what do you have to say to that? There's a lot of layers there. And I think the biggest thing is that we can fall into the mindset trap of thinking that selling is inconveniencing people. How dare I send these emails? How dare I talk about this thing I have to offer because I'm bothering people? But think about it. Like whenever you need a solution, do you feel bothered when someone's like, here's a solution, right? If someone's like, oh man, like I just wish I could take good pictures, but I look at the knobs on my camera and I'm like, I have no idea. And if someone's like, well, take Kelly's course, you'd be like, ah, yes, where have you been all my life? Like take my money. Or similarly, I talk about it like, I remember one time I was like really trying to get like a good skincare routine. And so I went into the store that I like, and I was just like, just 
help me. Like, just tell me what I need and take my money. And because I was so frustrated, I was so ready to have a solution. Literally, like this awesome salesperson just walked me around and was like, try this, try this, try this. And I ended up buying everything they recommended. And so if we start shifting our mindset around, oh, when I show up and I talk about my course, I'm bothering people. First of all, like, yeah, maybe like if you're like your mom follows you on Facebook, like she might be like, why are you talking about this thing all the time? But we have to remember that like, usually our family are not in our target audience. We need to really tune into who are the people that we are trying to serve and only speak to them because they're the people who are going to care. And so similarly, even with the launch is you're still weaving it into how this is helping them. You're saying, I see you, I hear you, I can see what's going on in your life and I don't want you to feel stuck there anymore. So look at the solution I have for you. And I'm so excited about it. It doesn't have to just be like this, here's my course, like, I guess it's okay, like, whatever, please give me money. Like, instead of being like, I am so over the moon excited about this phenomenal thing I put together. Like, I need you to go inside so you can see it. Like, check this out. It's so cool. Like, really shifting our mindset and our energy around it. Yeah, and I love that you made that kind of funny little analogy because my first webinar, if I can even call it that, was exactly like that. All kinds of teaching and value, and I didn't really know how to do a webinar strategically. And at the very end, for one or 30 seconds, I said, well, I have this course, maybe you can buy it, but maybe not, okay, bye. And that was it. And basically, I got zero sales from that particular webinar. But for people who are listening and are hearing words like webinar and summit and challenges and maybe feeling a little bit confused by that, give maybe like a little overview of what those things are as sales tools. For sure. So with a launch, it's really, really helpful. It's not necessary, but most launches have it. To have something that's called, you know, I've heard it called a sales event, a launch event. It's something that kind of kicks off the start of your launch. And this is usually a free event. It can be a webinar. So that's pre-recorded or live. Think about that as like you showing up and teaching for 30 to 45 minutes around a subject that is related to your course. So the difference between a webinar and a workshop is usually the webinar, you can't see the participants. They might be in a chat, but you can't see them. Versus a workshop might be on Zoom where you can see everyone. It's a little bit more interactive, usually a smaller volume of people. Or a challenge, it can be three days, it can be five days. This usually looks like having a pop-up Facebook group and every single day doing little mini trainings. And the challenge is geared towards a very specific outcome, usually the outcome that you know your people need in order to be ready to buy your course. So these are kind of the three main ways of kicking off a launch. And the reason that we do this is think about it, it's almost like the culmination of that pre-launch content campaign where you have been providing little bits of value. You've been really helping them become problem aware. You've been helping them start take action. And now you're like, okay, I know what you need. I know that you are like, please just help me. So I've put together this super awesome free event so you can get to know me. So you can see how I work. You can see my expertise. And so you can walk away with something really, really solid. So for instance, for me, for one of my launches, what I'm doing is what's called a just start challenge. Because I know the hardest thing when people want to create an online program is to just start. So I'm doing a three-day challenge where I'm like, we're going to start together. I'm going to walk you through the beginning steps. You can ask me all your questions. You're going to be here with me. So if you need anything, I'm guiding you through it because it's really hard to start. And for that, I want to make sure that they have enough that if they want to go on their own after that, that's totally fine. If they want to come join me in my program, awesome. I know the program is stellar. So if they want to be there, I'm going to be so jazzed about it. But if not, I've given them enough that they can go on their own. Because my 
priority is always helping my people in whatever way, shape or form that I can. So we want to think about having that launch event that really supports people and also gives you a chance to showcase whatever it is you're launching. Absolutely. So now that you've talked about just starting, I want to finish off with a question that I always like to ask. You have a free resource for listeners. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So for me, the biggest thing that I think is so key when you're creating an online program is that you create something that's going to work for you and your personality. So I actually have a free quiz that guides you through some different questions and shows you what I think a really good type of scalable offer could be for you. So whether it should be that little micro offer, mini course, a group program, a mastermind, there's lots of different ways of taking your brilliance and packaging it up into this powerful and profitable program. And so with that in mind, that's why I have this free quiz. You can find something that works for you. Amazing. We will make sure that we put a link to that quiz in the show notes. So in closing, and this is my favorite question, I always end with this question. What is one thing that listeners can do today to get one step closer to realizing their dream of scaling their business and putting an offer into the world? I love this question. And I would say, if you're really very much at the beginning, if you're just starting is to connect with your people. So people that you know are going to be an excellent fit for whatever program you want to create, for people that you know are like your dream audience, go out for like a virtual coffee and just chat with them. Find out what's going on in their world, what problems are they having, what questions do they have, really connecting with them because that's all going to be such valuable information for when you are creating this program. I love it. So virtual coffee dates are in your future. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of your wonderful expertise with myself and listeners today. I so appreciate you. And I'm so happy that you listened to your own self-talk coaching and got over the mindset hurdles so that you could show up here today. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. So there you have it. Emily's very best tips for creating your very own online course and how to set yourself up for success so that your digital course can reach the masses and become a repeatable income stream for you well into the future. It has been a very effective way for me to drive profits in my business without needing to drive a lot of extra time. And it has enabled me to reach thousands of photography students, which would never have been possible in the non-digital world. And it would have never been possible if I didn't find the courage to just put it out there. I hope my chat with Emily has left you feeling inspired about what creating a course can do for you and your business. And before you move on with your day, I want you to stop for a second and write down some course ideas and set some goals for yourself. Then keep those promises and do the work. This type of business venture is so easy to push aside because it will not be screaming for your attention. But hopefully after listening to today's show, you have a better understanding of the potential impact it can have on your business and on your future students. So set the goals, put them in your calendar, and be accountable to yourself. Okay? Okay. Thank you again so much for tuning in to yet another episode of the Workshop Weekly Podcast. For more on today's episode, including resources and how to get in touch with Emily, please visit the show notes at kellylawson.ca slash 046. 
and head over to Instagram and let me know what course you're thinking about creating. Telling the world is a very important early step in the process. And make sure you tag me so I can cheer you on and maybe even become your student. Until next week, my friend, bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you workshop warrior you.